0: Hello everyone. Junior Church, four years old through fourth grade, you are dismissed to walk. Um, Just as another reminder, next Sunday begins our new Adult Sunday School Bible uh, Sunday School classes. In the cafe area here is the 24 Hours that Changed the World. And then in the back classroom, um, for all those who are new to the church or new to faith, we want to really encourage you to come to this, and it's the What We Believe uh, course. So, those are the two new ones. Please come and see them. Um, I think that... Hi. Huh? How long is the series? It should be 13, 12 to 13 weeks. Okay? That's how informal we are. Good job. All right. How many of you have ever uttered the phrase, same story, just a different day? Wow, five. Okay. Same old, same old type thing. You go through the same thing every day, but it's just a new day, but same. Oh, well, I thought more would relate to this. So um, a new study showed of domestic lives here in America. They studied over 2,000 people, found many people felt like their day rarely strays from the predictable. They go through the same motions every day from the different food, from the foods they eat, um the places they go to, the TV, the watch, the way they get to work. They sh- were looking to see if this style of living, going through the same routine and motions every day, would bring contempt or comfort. And the results showed 8% of Americans see themselves as creatures of habit, which made them relate to the show, the movie, Groundhog Day. How many of you have seen that? Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty good movie. Not really. Okay. Okay they found that a fifth feel that they have to shake up their schedules just to feel alive. So many people in this study feel like they go through the same motions every day. It's day in, day out, nothing changes. Most moms feel this way when it comes to cooking meals. You go through the exact same meal plan every week because your kids will only eat certain things and you get tired of it. You want something new. We all have our routines, the basics way we go about living our daily basic lives. The ordinary days become comfort and reliability, but sometimes we want something different. We want something, instead of ordinary, we want extraordinary. As we continue this series, The the Call to Christmas, we're going to come to look at the shepherds. And every year at Christmas time, people talk about these smelly shepherds, the people God specifically invited to come see the Messiah, the people that no one else would have ever asked. Now, the shepherds, I was really looking into their life a lot more this year, um, and the shepherds have had a very routine life, ordinary. They were very dull, inferior, normal, average, repetitive, yawn, does that ever feel like our lives? These words, with others like, that could be used to describe this specific evening for the shepherds. Nothing too much happened out of the fields while they were keeping their watch. There may have been an adventurous lamb or two. There would have been a baba here, and there would have been a baba there, and there would have been a baba everywhere. Good job. Okay. It would have been the same old, same old. Have you ever had an evening where you were going through the motions and you were like, didn't I just do this yesterday and the day before and the day before, and I am tired of it? Nothing dramatic expected. It's just do the job, get it done, and you go into slow motion, and it's here. But have you ever had one of those times where that slow motion life all of a sudden turned from black and white to extraordinary, brilliant color, where something happened and it changed the whole course of the day and maybe even your life? Perhaps it came by way of a a, a handshake, of of somebody coming up, or maybe it was a bonus. Maybe it was when the doctor handed a cancer-free report, or like the shepherds, maybe it was the birth of an announcement, Um, the birth, the announcement of a birth. There we go. I want to look at this ordinary night with ordinary shepherds and invite us all to see this very famous evening. It strikes me as more than um, interesting to realize that it was the first to a humble, lowly people the message of salvation of love was sent. But Dr. William Barclay, writer and teacher, says that um, the shepherds spoken of in this portion of scriptures were most likely special shepherds. This is something I had just learned this last week. They were special shepherds. Special in that they were probably in charge of a flock of sheep in which the temple offerings were chosen. This is what he writes. It's a lovely thought that the shepherds who looked after the temple lambs were the first to see the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Isn't that an extraordinary thought that these lowly, simple shepherds were there to watch over the sheep who were actually going to become the sacrificial lambs for the sins of people? And that night, that ordinary night where they're watching all these sheep God calls them to see the ultimate Lamb of God. I think that idea needs to be in our minds as we come to look at the shepherds for that evening. Let's think about that ordinary night with the shepherds. I want you to really picture this. When I I let out the dog last night, I looked up at the sky and I was thinking of this. Okay, was it a a night like this? No, they probably didn't experience their fourth winter of the year, so... It was probably a little different than that. But they were sitting there on the hillside watching the sheep, possibly a chilly evening. This night started out like any other, an evening of pasturing, protecting, guarding, tending to the bleeding, smelling, roamy sheep. Not a career that offered much promise, prominence, or position. The shepherds, though, they were sheep watching. They were fulfilling their job their responsibilities, they were being diligent in their tasks. And right here, I think we need to see something. The shepherds were being diligent to their jobs, rightfully so. They were fulfilling this. They were going through the routine. Have you ever felt like you're just going through the routine? And just like these shepherds, it's not a bad thing, it's a good thing. They were checking the sheep, counting the sheep, corralling the sheep, and then repeats. Every night the same thing. Every night the same routine. The same pastures. The same bleats. The same fleeces. The same faces. The same hills. Everything was the same until that night. In Luke 2, verse 8. And in that region, there were shepherds out in a field keeping watch over their flock by night. Just in an earlier chapter, we read that Joseph and Mary stayed in a stable in a barn. She gives birth to Jesus. And on a hillside, just a few hills away... The shepherds were living in their routine, ordinary night. While they're on that ordinary hillside, an extraordinary invades into the earth when Jesus comes. Max Lucado, a preacher and writer, says that every day deserves a chance. Every day deserves a chance. He feels so strongly about it that he wrote a book with that title. And the thinking of that book is regardless of what's going on in our day, if we give it a chance... It can become a good day. And of course, coupled with that thought is the understanding that God infiltrates our world into our day. He wants to make it more than a good day. He wants to make it a God good day. Lucato wants his readers to know and recognize that God comes into each day of our lives to give us a chance to leave the ordinary and become extraordinary. And I think sometimes we forget that. Because we're so used to being just ordinary. And yet God sees you as extraordinary. And we doubt that. I mean, look at me. I'm not extraordinary. But yet God sees us totally different. God infiltrated the world of the shepherds on that celebrated night. And when given a chance to make it an evening to remember, the shepherds jumped at it. An extraordinary evening, not only for the shepherds of that day, but for teachers, store clerks, ditch diggers, lumberjacks, doctors, taxi drivers, lawyers, caregivers, ministers, and everyone else for years and years to come. Walter Bowie, who's a religious scholar and writer, he said this, shepherds were despised by the orthodox people of the day. They were quite unable to keep the details of ceremonial law. They could not observe all the meticulous hand-washing and rules and regulations. It was to simple men of the fields that God's message first came. That same message has came to us. And when we have really allowed this extraordinary message to come to us, we are never the same. So the shepherds were sheep-watching. They were going through their day like they should, like we should. The shepherds of long ago not only spent an evening of sheep-watching, but they also were sky-gazing. Bob Russell, pastor and author, tells the story of how years ago there was a house near the entrance of his subdivision that kept their Christmas lights on long after the season was over. I just want you to know, people, It is March. Christmas lights should be off the house. Okay? That's just how I was raised. Okay? But we we have this tendency to look, look, they still have their lights on? Not just up. These people not just had them up, but they were turning them on every night. They left them on through January, through the first of February. Those outside lights shone every night. Finally, about the middle of February, He became very critical, this pastor, this minister. He said, if I was too lazy to take my Christmas lights down, I'd at least turn them off at night. You can see how he's getting very critical. About the middle of March, (laughs) that's a long time to leave your lights up and on, a sign appeared outside the house. It said, welcome home, Jimmy. Russell went on to say, we learned that the family had a son in the service and... They left their Christmas lights up and on, waiting for their son to return. And all of a sudden, Bob Russell was like, how shameful am I? These lights were, a, were a, kind of like a symbol of hope. We're keeping these on until he comes home. The light that shone on that recognized night long ago for the shepherds who were watching their flock was a sign of great hope. Hope to the shepherds in the field, hope to the people who heard that these things have come to pass. To believe that God is above us is one thing, but to believe that God is a strength sufficient in us is totally different. Let's look at, at Luke two, nine through fourteen. An angel of the Lord appeared to them. This is there were sheep watching and then sky gazing here. Appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. An angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord, and this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with an angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those whom he has pleased. And, And real quick, we need to understand this is not a choir. I say this a lot, but I want to make sure we all know this is not an angelic choir. The words here are heavenly army. That is why these weren't just some pretty angels. That would not have scared some shepherds. It was a heavenly host of warriors who came and they shouted out glory to God in the highest on earth. Peace among those whom he is still pleased. That night, they were going through their routine. They had to be staring up at their at the sky every now and then. Several years ago, I, I got to take my family out to Colorado for a family uh, reunion and vacation, and my kids had never been west. the The expanse of the land just baffled them. How far they could see? Look how far away that is! I said, "Yeah, that's still six hours away." And it was they could see so far. The sky. Brady really talked about the sky is so huge. At night, the sky was filled with more stars than they'd ever seen, and they just kept wanting to look and look. The shepherds were sky-gazing, too. They were sitting on that same hillside, watching over the same sheep, looking at the same sky filled with the same old stars. It has been said that good news doesn't sell. You're going to make a good news. Um, news article: You've got to put a negative title on it just to get people's attention, so you can sell the newspapers or the magazines. It says more people are interested in the bad that happens rather than celebrating the good. Unfortunately, there is an element of truth to that, but the good news that night—it wasn't just good news; it was good news of great joy, and it spread. We have this awesome responsibility of continuing the same thing that those shepherds had. And there were three things, three titles given to this newborn Christ that were told to these shepherds. First it is Savior. Savior, the Greek word for Savior is deliverer or preserver. Secondly, he was called the Christ. That means the anointed one, the one specifically for this. And then third, Lord, is having power, authority, or influence. These stargazing shepherds were given an invitation to come see the anointed deliverer who had power and authority. And they would have understood all that in those names. The ordinary night was made extraordinary by the call to come meet Christ. How many of you ever received a gift that you really didn't feel like you deserved? Good, okay. Maybe it was too extravagant. Maybe they spent way too much money on it. Um, maybe one of equal value could not be reciprocated. How difficult it is to gracefully accept a gift in sensing our own inadequacy. A dad came home knowing all this. Uh, one day, and he carried this bright, shiny box, and he, he told him this gift to his three little boys. This gift is for the little boy who has been so good. He's picked up all his toys, and he's listened to his mother all day. The three boys, knowing what they had done, sat back in defeat, and the littlest one said, that's okay, Daddy, you can just keep it. And isn't that, we We know we can't get the gifts, so just, just keep it. And there are times we know we're not worthy. We try to get out of it. We try to persuade the giver to give it to someone else or to keep it. But that's not what the shepherds did when they were given this gift. Verse 10, the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that's going to be for all people. For unto you this is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find the baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. Now, I want you to notice something very personal. Have you ever noticed how personal this message was to the shepherds? Just look at this again. See what's highlighted there. The angel said to them, personally to them, Fear not, I bring you good news of great joy. For unto you is born this day. And this will be a sign for you. You will find him. This calling from God is very personal, very clear, and very direct. They were sheep-watching sky gazing, and God has called them to be something more. Because of this gift, they they changed. Because God called them, they had a choice. They could sit there on the same old hills, watching the same old sheep, gazing at the same old stars, or they could allow God to bring something into their ordinary life and make it extraordinary. God called them, and they had to choose what to do. And when God calls you, when God Gives you that invitation. He expects you to answer. And I think sometimes we forget that. Well, I go to church. That's not the answer. The shepherd spent that evening long ago watching, uh, sheep watching and sky gazing. And on that extraordinary night, they were given an invitation. Look what it says in verse 15 and 16. When the angels went away from them into the heavens, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. They went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. Once they understood this direct and clear call, they didn't hesitate. They didn't try to formulate a plan. They didn't try to check their work schedule. They didn't say, Okay, um, why don't you go and then we'll go later? They stopped because their ordinary was shattered into the extraordinary, and they chose to answer the call. They went from sheep-watching, sky-gazing, to Savior-seeking. And notice in verse 16, it says they went with haste. What it really means in that Greek word is they went with urgency. They made it a point, a mission. They were going, and nothing was going to stop them. Their ordinary night was made extraordinary. Extraordinary. By the call to seek Jesus. I'm not a shepherd. Now, my, my grandpa once told me that there was no way I'd ever become a shepherd. He had sheep for a while, and and I found out that if you would, um, out at the fence, which had a little bit of electricity in it, I could tantalize the sheep by coming, and they'd start eating, and then i just go, ah, like that, and scare them like I just scared a few of you. And then they'd run away, and my grandpa says, you're going to kill the sheep, Go. I'm not a shepherd. But this great news that was given, this call to Christmas to these shepherds, is the same news, the same invitation, the same call to you and I. He was not just there for those shepherds. Look what it says in Second Timothy one for God saved us and calls us to live a holy life. He calls us. He did this not because we deserve it, because it's a gift we don't deserve but because that was His plan from the beginning of time to show us His grace through Christ Jesus. God saves us and calls us, not because we deserve it, because I can tell you I do not deserve His call. I do not deserve to be saved, but because of His love. That's why He does it. Savior-seeking means accepting that call from God and living it out. It does not mean coming to church we're trying to pray more. That is not Savior-seeking. Savior-seeking is not just um, sorry. Is not just the beginning of your faith journey. Seeking a Savior isn't what you do just in the beginning. It is a daily lifestyle until we enter into the gates of heaven. If you want to be a Savior-seeker like those shepherds, you don't get going and say, you know what, we've checked five barns. We've got to get back to the sheep. You know, I'm getting tired. Why don't you bring me the news later? You go on. I'm just going to sit here and rest. You know, I'll just read about it in the paper tomorrow. To be a Savior seeker doesn't mean a one-time thing, but something we do daily when we live as Savior seekers we not only accept God's call, but we show the world that we are called. Second Peter 1.10 says, So dear brothers and sisters, work hard to prove that you really are among those God has called and chosen. Do these things and you will never fall away. I really look at this verse again. Dear brothers and sisters, work hard to prove. This isn't to gain salvation, okay? You've already got the salvation. You've already been given the gift work hard to prove to the whole world it's not to the god it's to prove to the world that you are one of god's children you are called when you and i choose to be savior seekers when you and i answer the call like the shepherds did when we seek him scripture says right there do these things and you will never fall away right there that can you go back Right there. I would, how many times in your life have you felt like, man, I'm just so far away from God? How many times have you felt like He's just distant from you, that there's something keeping you away? Maybe I've fallen away from my faith. What do I need to do? Right there. Do these things. Not to earn the salvation, but as a, re- a result of it. Do these things as one who is God has called. Not because you have to, but because you want to. When we seek Him, Scripture says we will never fall away. When we choose to daily seek God, we will always find Him. i heard so many people say, I just don't know how to get to God. Daily choose to seek Him. God, Jesus Himself says, knock and the door will be opened, right? Seek and you will find That's what the shepherds did. That's what we're all called to do. Seek. Go after Him. That is the true call of the Christmas event. The shepherds found the Savior. They left that stable with a calling to always be a Savior seeker. And we can see that they chose this new way, that it impacted them. Verse 15. We're going to back up a little bit. When the angels went away from them into the heavens, the shepherds said to one another, let's go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has made known to us. They went with haste, found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child, and all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. The shepherds made sure to tell people. I don't think we really understand what this means. There A few weeks ago, there was some big football game on or something, I didn't watch it. I didn't really care. There wasn't a good team playing, was there? Was there anybody who was rooting for those teams? So we're all in accord. It wasn't a good game. Okay. But if you were invested in them, if you had someone on that team and you got to see them, wouldn't you want to make sure everybody knew that your player won, that your team was a winner? And who would, how would you do that? I mean, wouldn't you want to tell everybody? Let's make it even better than a game. When my kids were born, I wanted to tell everybody. I really didn't care if they were asleep or not. I just wanted to tell people, look at this fat baby I have. Look at this perfect child I have that I don't deserve. You don't like it, I don't care. I'm still going to tell you about it. And I couldn't stop. When uh, when our daughter was born and we'd go into a store, Casey was embarrassed. I'd go by and say, "Look, it's strangers. This is my baby. Look at this." I couldn't wait to tell people. The shepherds made sure to tell everybody, and you know what that meant? They were knocking on doors. They were stopping people in the streets and telling them whether they knew him or not. They didn't say. They said, "Hey." Come to the hillside. Watch my sheep. Hey. No, they said, this is what God told us, and we found him. And everybody was wondering at it. And that wonder meant that it sparked intrigue, and they were interested. When we talk about Savior-seeking, we should make people interested in it. Why is it that when people want to talk about religion, people think it's boring? The shepherds didn't make it boring. Do we have a bored viewpoint of our faith? Do we think it's just ordinary, dull, mundane? The shepherds made sure to tell everyone they could about their call, their invitation. They lived out being Savior seekers. They shared the message. So, what about you? Are you living as a Savior seeker? Are you just living in the past experience of coming to Him? The shepherds could have sat on that hillside and said, You know what? God once called me. It would have been great. I I just had too many things to do. Are you still sitting back there that that one time? Yeah, I, I got to see, I got to hear the message. But that, that was years ago. Being a Savior-seeker is a daily choice. And look what it says in Hebrews 11.6. It is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to Him must believe that God exists and, notice the linking word, and that He, that God, rewards those who sincerely Seek Him. You want to be a Savior seeker? That means you know at the end of the road is a blessing, is a reward. It says it right there. We must seek Him not once but every day. And our daily lives become not just routine but extraordinary because we know at the end of the day, at the end of the road, there is a reward. I think many times I forget that You got to hear a great testimony from Nick at the communion time of how he needed to humble himself. And I I think part of this is the same thing with the call that we need to humble ourselves and say, you know what, God? I don't have it all together. I don't have the answers and I cannot fulfill it. You are my reward. You are more than enough. And I'll seek after you. Where are you when it comes to your faith? Are you a savior seeker? are you still back counting sheep? Are you gazing at the sky? Because God called them. And while they went back to their ordinary lives, they had an extraordinary event that changed them forever. And while we can leave after coming to Christ, we can leave this place right now, having a wonderful time of worship and encouragement and fellowship together, that means when we go out there, we take that extraordinary into the ordinary world have to choose that. When you encounter Christ, are you leaving that moment, that experience, and sharing it with others? That's what it's called to do. We're going to stand and we're going to pray. Let's let's go to our God and thank him. Father, I thank you that you did come as just a simple man, a simple man born into a, a stable So that the least of people, the the least of these, even me, can come to you. God, I thank you for taking our ordinary lives, our ordinary days, and filling them with your extraordinary message of Christ. For redeeming us with an extraordinary love. God, forgive me when I don't take that extraordinary message to share it with the darkness around me. Help us all, God, to be your living, thriving, extraordinary church that seeks and saves people just like you did. God, may this song, may our hearts, may our voices bring pleasing joy to you as we come together once more. Because in your name we sing and in your name we pray. Amen.